Welcome to Dudes on Movies, a podcast where dudes talk about movies. I'm your dude, Scott. I'm your dude, Dave. And today we're discussing 1986's The Karate Kid Part 2, directed by John G. Alvidson and starring Ralph Macchio and Pat Morita. But before we do that, let's talk about what we've been watching. Dave, what have you been watching? Um, so we've talked off air before about Guillermo del Toro. We've discussed his career and how, you know, other than Pan's Labyrinth, we, we don't really respond to his filmmaking style. It, you acknowledge uh-huh. that they're great films, but, but they don't have the same effect on you that they have on other critics. I have one other movie I really like of his. Okay. Well, hopefully I'll name it. Okay. Okay, this was his debut called Kronos from 1993. No, that was, I have not seen it, but I okay. really wanted to. It's on Filmstruck right yeah, now. Yeah, Criterion put it out last year. It's awesome is it good it's so so good it's one of the best horror movies i've ever seen really yes nice it's i mean like and it's so original and you can see why he just like grabbed the world by the throat Uh you know when he first came on because it was like who is this guy Mm -hmm. whatever he's doing in this movie just like it had never been done Mm -hmm. um i i couldn't believe how good this movie was Mm -hmm. and yeah i have to watch it now yes absolutely no i was gonna say pacific rim (laughs) <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I actually really enjoy that movie. All right. It's right. pretty cool. Cool. Um, it's just a giant robot kaiju fighting thing. <laughs> yes. But I think it's actually got a lot of cool original ideas in it. Uh-huh. And Guillermo del Toro, you know, has got his unique vision that he always has. And yeah. Even if it's something that could be just stock like this, stock summer blockbuster, it, I think it still has some special edge to it. So. Well, when you have a filmmaker who has such a, such a singular vision like he mm-hmm. does, he can take something that is just you know, blockbuster material right. and make it, make it personal. And I'm not saying this is like his prestige movie or, no. you know, this is not pan's labyrinth level stuff. This is popcorn movie done as good as you can do it. Yeah. If you ask me, of so, course. Yeah. That, that's what I was going to say. Okay. <laughs> but if I had seen Kronos, I probably would have said Kronos. You, you will say Kronos after you say okay. Kronos. What I've been watching, I'm still on my quest to watch these best picture winners. Okay. I watched the apartment 1960s winner. Nice. Uh, Billy Wilder. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, this was his decade, right? It is like, I'm 10. I, exactly. He, he had a couple decades there where he just dominated the industry. That's right. Um, it's a, you know, a comedy, comedy drama, uh, Jack Lemon and Shirley MacLaine in it. Uh, pretty funny. It's sweet. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though it's about like the most misogynistic stuff in the world. <laughs> Jack Lemmon has an apartment that his higher-up business uh, executives... Right, Fred know, McMurray? They, yeah, they use him. Yeah. They use his apartment as like a bachelor pad to, to, to cheat on their wives. Yes. And he just lets it happen because he thinks he's going to move up in the company, and it ultimately kind of happens, and he learns his lesson and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And Shirley MacLaine's involved with the vice president, and uh, he he loves her, and you know Jack Lemmon wants her, and all this stuff. Uh-huh. Um, I, I think it it's good, it's funny, it has that, and... It, it kind of just slaps the men on the wrist a little for doing this kind of stuff. It yeah. doesn't really like say, you know, this is bad. You right. shouldn't really be doing this. But you know what? It's kind of okay. The, you know, the, it's, well, this, that's the mindset <laughs> in the 50s. I know. So. The, the movie is technically yeah. against this practice, but yeah. you're right about the slap on the wrist. Yeah. I mean, you, you want like them just to understand that you don't treat people this way. Yeah. Um, but it never really does. People do kind of get some comeuppance, but you don't really... I don't like things being heavy-handed, but it needs to be a little more heavy-handed here. I of think. course, yeah. I mean it's not just not just that Fred McMurray asks Jack Lemmon for the keys and he doesn't give them to him. Yeah, yeah, you know, <laughs> right? <laughs> he, like I'm quitting my job. Right. It's the, what that doesn't affect Fred McMurray at exactly. all. What are you doing? Here? Yes. Okay. I don't know, but uh, <laughs> it was a good movie. I, I actually really liked it. Right. So. Uh, the apartment, everyone. I, I recommend everyone. Wa- everyone watch every Billy Wilder movie. Absolutely. He's, I'm not. I'm not in love with him, but he's made some of the greatest movies I've ever seen. Absolutely. So, yeah, Billy Wilder, everybody. Now, let's talk about The Karate Kid Part 2, Dave. Mm-hmm. Why don't you give everyone a synopsis? All right. The <laughs> synopsis of The Karate Kid Part 2. It is the continuing saga of uh, mm-hmm. Daniel LaRusso and Kisuke Miyagi yeah. and their adventures. You know, the, the great thing about this movie... Uh, one of the great things, anyway, is that you have, um, if you're lost, you're not going to be lost for long. Because the beginning of the film is a five-minute montage with the greatest clips from the pre- from the previous movie. Why does he have to do this in all his movies? I don't Why know. Why does Elvinson do this? I don't know. Whether it's the Rocky series or this one, he is just in love with having montages of, <laughs> like... Stuff that's already happened. And if you're... <laughs> If you're sitting down for a sequel in one of the series he's directed, you know going in what happened already. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just something he's got to do. I guess it's his hook. I, I don't know. 
and I, I was watching it thinking, oh, God, here we go. It's the montage. I remember this now from the mm-hmm. beginning. I hate these things. Yeah. And as we'll come to talk about, this movie is not a clone of the first movie. No. It's different. It's more about Miyagi's story than Daniel. Um, and the montage they show is all like the pinnacle moments from the first movie that are about Miyagi. Uh, okay, yeah. Most of them are. Yeah. And then there's like the tournament and stuff, like kind of that. Right. Like, it recaps Daniel's story too, but a lot of it is like, oh, here's Miyagi's like war medals. He his, This happened to him. And so we kind of learn more about Miyagi in the montage than Daniel. Right. Which I liked. But still don't put, don't give me it at all. No. Come on. Don't give it to me at all. Because anyone watching The Karate Kid Part 2, not only has have they seen The Karate Kid, but they've seen it multiple times. They own the VHS. Yes. They've taped it off HBO. They, they've got this. And they watched it every day in the summer. This is me and Dave. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I think we lived and breathed this movie, both of us. It was SpaghettiOs and this movie. I think The Karate Kid might be one of the reasons we started this podcast. Because our friendship... Is based on that movie. <laughs> our, our, our friendship is Karate Kid based yeah, in many ways. That's how it started. I know. We just would sit there next to each other at work and quote the movie. And and get into the minutia of yeah, the movie. Right, yeah. Like, uh, like, I love the moment when the bike drives around the corner and Bananarama hits and that bus <laughs> is driving. Oh, God. It's like, it's like every little thing... Yeah, <laughs> the, the the music cue of Banana Rama in the first film mm-hmm. rivals uh, Amy Mann in Magnolia. Oh, it's okay. it's great. But we're talking about part two here. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> the movie picks up right at the end of the first movie, the end of the tournament. You know, <laughs> and you see, I remember I haven't seen part two in several years. Uh-huh. I remember Ralph Macchio looking even older than he does here. Yeah. But he still, in this one, is a little closer to the first movie. Yes. Than I remember. So okay. I, I was happy to see that. Yes. Part three is when you he have a dramatic transformation. still wasn't as puffy as right. yeah, part three Daniel. Right. And in this particular sequence, in the beginning of it, that, that picks up right when the tournament ends, um, this whole thing of like crease in the parking lot yeah. was actually the original ending of part one. Oh, was it? Yes. They filmed this in 1984. Oh, is that why he looks a lot yes. younger? Yes. Oh, that's cool. Um, and that was, when I found that out, I was like, oh, I mean, like ending the first one on the crane kick is, is just a perfect way to right, do it. Right, it's a great ending. It, it, you did not need this other thing. You end a freeze frame on Miyagi yes. smiling in approval. That's right. Wonderful. And in this one, <laughs> okay, I, I just, I, I we talked before about how much we both love this movie mm-hmm. and, and how, how you truly adore this film. Uh-huh. But I want to talk about some things um, mm-hmm. that, that have always bothered me. I, I have know. some beefs with this movie, too. Okay. It's not perfect. So, um, Daniel LaRusso, mm-hmm. the character. I, my, my wife is always laughing at me for any number of reasons. You know, <laughs> you but give her a lot of good reasons. I, I, I do. <laughs> but in this case in particular, it's my, my obsession with how much I sometimes hate Daniel. Mm-hmm. Um, I get mad at him... For a lot of things, but one of my main beefs with him is his inability to assess the situation he's in. Yeah, yeah. Um, he either stares in disbelief at the people involved, or he says something inappropriate. Uh-huh, yeah, yeah. And in this one... <laughs> so, you know how to make that even worse? How? Put him in a completely oh, an alien a, culture. A, exactly, you're right, you're right. <laughs> Insert him in another country and forget about it. He is yeah. totally clueless. Yeah, is and runless. this is not... Newark, he's in trouble. <laughs> exactly. If you're not at the Y, yeah. forget about it. <laughs> but he, in, in this, we all know that the, this this beginning part of the movie when Crease comes out of the All Valley mm-hmm. and he's pushing people around and he, he's got the Cobras in the parking lot and he's choking Johnny yeah. for losing. Yeah. And the other guys are trying to get him off of him and, he, and they can't do it. Tommy and yep. Bobby in the face. That's right. Yeah. And Miyagi comes over and tells tells him to release the hold on Johnny, and mm-hmm. he says no. So Miyagi takes takes him and and like gets him off of him, mm-hmm. and Kreese starts to challenge him to a fight, mm-hmm. and Miyagi is able to get Kreese to defeat himself with some artful dodging. It is a Miyagi 
technique, man. This it is. is his philosophy. Exactly. Kreese is sitting there with bloody knuckles. Uh-huh. He's punched out two car windows because Miyagi has sidestepped him. And then they set up the, the ending of the movie with, with Miyagi doing the mercy is for the weak Cobra Kai mantra and like threatening to, you know, like, like end his life. Right. right he's there. got Kreese's hair in his hands yes. and he's ready to palm strike him in the face. Exactly. Yeah. And when he, and then he, you know, instead honks his nose yeah. and, and humiliates Chris. Uh-huh. Now, when they're walking away, this is the part with Daniel and the situation. Yes. I, yeah. Mm-hmm. He asked the question, um, you could have killed him. Couldn't you? He says, yes. He says, well, why didn't you then? Why didn't you? Come on, Daniel. That is the dumbest question Isn't I've ever heard stupid? anyone ask. Why would you not kill that guy? I, why not? Oh, come on. <laughs> First Are you serious, murder Daniel? With a hundred witnesses? Yeah. <laughs> but Miyagi's response is pretty good. Though. Yeah. He says, for a person with no forgiveness in heart, living is an even worse punishment than death. That That is a great philosophy. That Absolutely. Is, that is... Oh, that's, that's philosophy yes. right here. Miyagi's wisdom, like, rivals, you know, mm-hmm. everyone in history. Yes. You know? Um, he's, he's unfortunately saddled with the dumbest kid <laughs> that Newark ever produced. He's pretty stupid. Yes. He's 16, man. <laughs> 16 year olds are fucking idiots. I, I, they are. Most, I absolutely. was. Yes. You I, probably were. I, I was an idiot too. <laughs> um, you know, I, I don't expect this 16 year old to be, you know, like Emma should, Gonzalez, but, but my God. the difference between murder and exactly. not murdering people. I mean, how do you not? I, oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. Daniel's a little naive. He's so dense sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Flash to six months later. Yes. Uh, Miyagi and Daniel. <laughs> Daniel shows up and he, I guess he's been dumped by Allie because uh, she's going out with some guy from UCLA or whatever. Yeah. And uh, she crashed his car and he's, he's having the worst day of his life. And Daniel has to go to Fresno for the summer. Yeah. But... uh Ultimately, Miyagi works it out, so he's going to stay with him. You know, he says he's building a, an extra room for a refugee from Fresno. Uh-huh. Which is good Miyagi humor right there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then uh, he gets the letter, has to go to Okinawa. There's a big fake out of, is Daniel going to go with him or not? And he gets on at the last second, which is so stupid. It's so useless. Come on. Why don't you just say, you know, come with me, Daniel. I mean. It's right there. The way they. I know, right? <laughs> Daniel doesn't have to show up at the last minute of this romantic comedy and save, <laughs> save the relationship, you know? Oh God, I know. You're right. This is some you've got mail I, shit. I know. And he's... <laughs> yeah, Tom Hanks is in the <laughs> background there. No. Uh... <laughs> but he, he could have still given this heartfelt speech like, you know, you're my best friend. You're there for me. Right. I need to be there for you. You could still do that in Miyagi's backyard, you know? Exactly. You don't need to be at the Pan Am gate, you know, just, you know, getting yelled at by this, you know, stewardess or whoever. Come and, on. And, and her, her reaction to is, young man, you're going to have to go back to the gate. He's yeah. got a ticket in his hand. I know, right? Well, what are you stupid. saying? I mean, he, he purchased a ticket. He doesn't have to do anything he doesn't want to do. Right. Uh, Why yeah. don't you kill her, Daniel? Hit her, <laughs> grab her hair. And Palmer in the face. Come on. You, you're, you're bloodthirsty, aren't you? Jesus, you're right. Thank God Miyagi told you not to do that exactly. to people. Oh, my God. God damn, idiot. Oh, wow. <laughs> We're really making fun of this movie right now. Honestly, and, and I mean... I, I love this movie, but I, like I said, it's got flaws. We, we honestly could do a whole podcast where, where I'm... We, we could break it down scene by scene where I'm all, all I'm doing is getting mad at Daniel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it really could happen scene to scene, except for like the typhoon and the, and the ending fight. And that, that's where I'm like, yeah. okay, Daniel did something right for once, you yeah, know, but right. with the rest of the movie, man, I mean, and I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to like, you know, totally burden us with everything, but, but right. shit, man, I'm just so mad at him all the time. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yes. I, I, so they go to Okinawa. Yeah. Uh, Okinawa was a huge naval base for the U.S. It probably still is. I don't know if it is to this day. Mm. But uh, they go there. They land. And Tomi Village has been kind of taken over by the U.S. Army base. Yeah. And it's it's almost gone. And Miyagi, we find out, we've already found out that he left Okinawa because he wanted to marry Yuki. Yuki. Yeah. And she had an arranged marriage with Sato, who is was Miyagi's like best friend. Yes. And he decided to leave the country instead of fight Sato because Sato said he disgraced his honor or whatever. Mm -hmm. And 
So he left to go to America, and he left UKA there. Sato, his father, everybody, he's gone. He right. just disappeared to not get killed, yeah. basically. And we find out all this, and we learn, like, honor is very important in Okinawa. Right. And Daniel, that's another thing he doesn't understand. You know, he's like, <sighs> what the hell's wrong with this guy? Why, why is he mad at you still 45 years later? He, oh, my God. Yeah. And even on the airplane, <laughs> when they're talking about it, he said, you know, like, he, he's a, so if you guys, if you and, if you and Sato would have fought, do you think your father would have been referee? That's a dumb question <laughs> to ask. Come on, yeah. Daniel. You uh, Are you an idiot? You, you know that, that you're not fighting for points in another country. If mm-hmm. there's a blood feud going on, there is no point system. Yeah, I guess they have to spell it out to the audience somehow how serious it is. I guess. And Daniel's got to be the, the dunce. Yes, you know? Daniel the Lampshade LaRusso. <laughs> you know? <laughs> He's more like a lamp post. <laughs> You're right, exactly. <laughs> and there's no light at the top. There's nothing bright up there. Holy shit, dude. <sighs> the only thing he's got in his head is like, charm that's it uh, he's got charm <laughs> he's got charm and uh, yeah, jokes exactly that's yes oh man <laughs> anyway they go there they land they get picked up by chosen mm-hmm. who is sato's nephew oh man chosen oh, oh, yeah dude um yuji okamoto yeah and this guy man he looks like a young bruce lee he does his muscles oh. are bigger he's the <laughs> he's the same size as daniel except his pecs are like bigger than my head. I know. I know. But he's like only two inches wide. He's, this guy is unbelievable. <laughs> you know, like, okay, so, so when, he's got Bolo Young pecs. I know. And he's he, insane. He weighs about 145 pounds, but you're right about his, his physique. Uh-huh. I mean, like, those bulletproof pecs that, that are on the These display, are Stallone I mean, pecs. I know. I know. On a toothpick. It, it's like, in in amateur wrestling, what, what you know they they always tell you you have to lose weight. You're, uh-huh. you're always trying yeah, to go yeah. down in weight class mm-hmm. because if you're wrestling at like 140 or 145, you're wrestling chosen. Yeah, you know, because <laughs> like yeah. these dudes are just stacked. You know, they're they're all muscle, and like and but one of my favorite moments is when they get out of the airport and before they get in the car, chosen uh, gives Daniel this like. Uh, like punishing handshake. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, He's like, so... "Nice to meet you." Uh huh. And he he kind of has this grimace on his face, like, "I'm gonna fuck you up," <laughs> and you don't even know it. What? <laughs> I love him in this movie. I mean, he's so good. It's so kind of it's over the top. Yeah. I love it. And at that time in his career, <laughs> Yuji Okamoto was playing like a lot of these kinds of roles. He had been in Better Off Dead in a hilarious performance uh-huh. where he's like, his thing is he's impersonating Howard Cosell mm-hmm. and he's always challenging John Cusack to, to like races, <laughs> <laughs> car races. Oh man, it's it's really good. But uh-huh. in this one, he's, it, that, that particular handshake, I just love, I hope your stay in Okinawa is a pleasant one. Yeah, and he's just squeezing. Uh, and he's just squeezing harder and harder and Daniel's trying to get out of this thing and, and it's not working. And I think Daniel's like, what are you doing, man? And then they get in the car and they drive him to a warehouse because it's the 80s. So <laughs> on, on this viewing, I got to ask this. Okay. On the car ride over, did you watch Daniel at all like in, in this thing? No, I think I was watching Chosen. Okay. See, yeah. I've, I've watched Chosen every, every viewing. Yeah, so I, yeah. I decided to focus on something else. If you focus on Ralph Macchio in this scene... <laughs> It's pretty good. It's actually his best acting is it? in the series. He he is he is looking at Chosen with one eye and looking at Miyagi with the other, uh-huh. and the expression on his face is uh, like, "This isn't good. We're gonna get killed." And the reason he gets suspicious, what we find out, is when Chosen is fiddling with the the radio. Mm-hmm. Now this is a bit of bullshit. Yeah, but, but it's yeah, kind yeah. of you know it's also kind of fun. Chosen finds the song to play yeah that was the song that was playing at the country club when johnny and Allie were dancing yeah and johnny kissed yep. her yep how does he know this i i think it's just supposed to be a coincidence oh it is okay, okay. but all right uh, it's stupid <laughs> well, i thought it was stupid and there's another bit of in- incontinuity okay <laughs> uh when Yukie asked miyagi to sing their song yeah he sings the song that miyagi is singing from the first movie about his dead wife. I'm like, wait a minute. 
Right. What? Isn't that your wife's song? You're right. Wait, wait, so you're flipping to different women with this song, Miyagi? Man, what a what a fucking... Yes. Wow, that's some bold moves. It is. Miyagi made the same romantic overture to two different women on uh-huh. two different continents. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's like making a mixtape with the same lineup <laughs> right, for two different changed, women. Right, you just Yeah, yeah. That's bullshit. Change the name on the tape? Exactly. Ooh, come on, Miyagi. Yeah, that that's no good. You can't share the same song with two women. <laughs> oh, unless they're sharing it too. <laughs> You can't do that. Oh, my God. You can't do that. You're right. Anyway, (laughs) they go to the dock and Sato's there and he challenges Miyagi to a fight and and they don't fight. Uh And then uh, uh, they're left in the dock. Do they get beat up a little? I can't remember. They they don't get beat up. It's it's another instance of Daniel LaRusso. After the the, the car drives away, Chosen throws the Okinawa history book on the ground. Yeah, yeah. Um, And... Daniel bends over to pick it up and like watches the car go away. And it, it's, it's one of those instances, like I said, where he's assessing the situation and not getting it. Uh-huh. He's looking in, not in disbelief, but in incomprehension. Like what is happening here? Mm-hmm. Daniel, Daniel, you, you, you know, you, you've heard the story. You, you, Miyagi told you before you left right. everything about this thing. And Sato came out and challenged Miyagi to a fight. He said, no. And he said, okay, well then, you know, uh, since he's not getting what he wants, you know, Sato's coming back. Uh huh. It's a, it's pretty simple. It's straightforward. Exactly. And and you know, <laughs> there's going to be danger, and you're encountering it again because you make enemies yeah. everywhere you go. Right. Yeah. Um. One thing about this movie, it sets up higher stakes than the first movie does. Because oh, the agreed. first movie's just like I'm getting beat up right. by these bullies, and uh, I gotta save face. Yes. You know, this one. There's a death vendetta on Miyagi. True. And they're in a warehouse with these guys that can kill them any second. It does set up a little higher stakes, which I like. And I think it does it well. Mm -hmm. It's kind of cheesy and whatever, but it really, you do feel like there is more danger in this movie. And Chosen, he's he's probably just about, he's maybe he's more aggressive than Johnny, you know, as far as his antagonism. So, so they go to the village, and I really love this scene when they return to the village. Miyagi's father is dying. He's on his deathbed. Uh, you meet Kamiko there. Yeah. You, you meet Yukie. Mm-hmm. And uh, when Miyagi walks in the room and Yukie is there by his father's side, uh, he comes in and they look at each other. They haven't seen each other in 45 years. And their love is still as strong as it was the day he left. I love the scene here. The acting is great. It's really beautiful. Nobu McCarthy plays um, Yukie, and mm-hmm. uh, she's she's so excellent in this. Mm-hmm. I mean, the scenes with her and Miyagi, uh, where they're like rekindling their romance, and she's she's talking about how um, well Miyagi says, you know, oh, well, so you knew where to find me because you sent the letter. Mm-hmm. How, how did you know? And she says, I known for many years, but I didn't. Uh, sent anything to you because I wanted to respect your silence. I didn't want anyone else to know where you were. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, like she has been just honoring this guy for 45 years mm-hmm. without him knowing. Yeah. You know, Cause she's that noble. It's good. It's, she, I love it. I know. And they're crying. They're, they're happy. They're sad. Right. It's the scene is full of emotion and Daniel's just kind of looking at him like, wow, wow, right. This is, this is something I can't comprehend. <laughs> Which yes. he can't. Which he, yeah. And he, he's he's misunderstanding it. Like, this scene reminds me a little bit of in the first movie where he, he finds out about Miyagi, uh, his, Miyagi's wife dying in the internment Yeah, and camp. he sees the awards. Right. He fi- like, the war medals and all that. He's understanding that, that, again, that the world doesn't revolve around mm-hmm. him. Yeah. Um, and that there's things that are bigger than, than his dumbass kid problems. Right, exactly. And uh, he, he learns a little more in the movie, too, later yeah. as we go. Uh, but we, we find out like the village, what happened to the village. Sato sold all the village to the fishing industry and right. uh, Sato owns the industry and all this crap. And he, he's just getting rid of everything these people care about right. to benefit himself. Right. Uh, and partly out of spite for Miyagi. That That's what it's based in. Yeah. Yeah. Because, because they were this best thing friends. That happened 45 years ago. He has done all these terrible things to the people of his village because his honor was disrespected. And he's done it like like assuming that Miyagi will never come back mm-hmm. and that he'll never find him and that the fight will never happen, this fight that he's been mm-hmm. angling for for all this time. He's just doing it, you know, in place of getting to kill Miyagi. Yeah. And the first thing he says to Miyagi is like, oh, the coward has returned or mm-hmm. something. Yeah. Yeah. That's all, he's, that's all this guy has thought about. 
He's just for been all these years hyper pissed off for forty five <laughs> yes, years. Yes. Imagine like like w- th- those days when you're totally in a rage uh-huh. and like you know you're, you're just seeing red. That's what Sato his whole life <laughs> his has been. Life, exactly. <laughs> yep. Holy shit. Um, and a few things are are said here that are really I really like. Uh, they're talking about how you know the, the the war happened and all this, and I think Daniel's been reading his book and he says something about the war and he's like, yeah, like uh like. 20,000 Americans died or something. And yeah. Miyagi says, yeah, 200,000 Okinawans died and 300,000 Japanese died. Yep. Like saying, you know what, Daniel? Exactly. Fuck America. Exactly. Listen to the rest. What happened to the rest of these people? Like, yeah, it sucks. They died. But look who else died. Here's the, This yeah. is the place where the war actually was. This is where it happened. Yes. These people lived here. And most of those 300,000 people weren't mm-hmm. even soldiers. Yeah. and And they say, like... Why? Why do they fight war? Why? Is, it's so stupid. Right. Why are we that, all so stupid? That's what Miyagi says. Why are we so stupid? Right. And even earlier, uh, Daniel does a nice gesture to Miyagi. He like takes those medals he saw in the first movie, like yeah. the Valor Medal and all these awards he's got. The purple he put, Heart. He plaques them up and he's like, "Here, look, I made this for you, so that people can see." Um, and he, he says, uh, "Why?" Mm-hmm. He's like, "Cause it says you're brave." And he says, "This doesn't say you're brave. This says you're lucky." <sighs> that's a great line i I love it and it's a great lesson for daniel and Uh the audience too like Mm -hmm. you know these medals i mean it's a great it's a nice thing to be honored like this but the first of all the congressman who gave it to you doesn't know your struggle Mm -hmm. um and yeah you you were lucky to get out of this yeah miyagi is dropping knowledge bombs everywhere in this movie (laughs) exactly he is and like you said at the top the, the, the 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 reason this movie is still so good is because it's about Miyagi. Mm-hmm. It's about his story. It's not about another bully coming after Daniel. Exactly. Even that, though that kind of happens in this a little. Sure. It's a subplot, though. Yeah. That, exactly. You know? Right. And it's a subplot that ends the movie. Which, yeah. that's my ma- major beef with this movie. Okay. The ending. Okay. We can talk about when we get there. Yes. But it shouldn't have ended this way. <laughs> right. Because... It clones the first movie. I know. And the best thing about this movie is when it's not being the first movie. Uh-huh. So we'll get to that later, I guess. But uh, <laughs> So now there's just this big buildup of when is this fight going to happen between Sato and Miyagi. Uh-huh. Uh, the whole time Daniel's learning things about Okinawan culture. Uh, he's hanging out with Kumiko. Right. And falling in love. You know, he's the man who will fight for her honor. All this stuff. <laughs> Dude. Uh, All right. Yes. This movie was nominated for an Academy Award and so was the first movie. The first movie was Pat Morita for his supporting role as Miyagi, yes. which he deservedly absolutely he deserved that got nomination. that nomination. Yeah, this movie was nominated for best original song, right? <laughs> and this song it, was a phenomenon. It was, you know, I mean, it was it was it was tearing up the charts. And this was this was my fourth grade. Glory of Love, the Glory of Love by Peter Cetera. <laughs> I mean, it's it's like the the lyrics are embarrassingly saccharine. I watched uh, the music video right before we re- started recording this. Okay. And holy jeez, <laughs> man. It is awfully bad. <laughs> He's standing in this white room, just like looking at the camera, like, I am the man. It's so bad. It was like clips of the movie happening, but behind these like Japanese shades. It's so oh, weird. Crap. It's so bad. And I his know. hair is just flowing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. If you want to puke further, <laughs> if you want, yes, um, l- look up Peter Cetera's duet with Amy Grant from a few years later. No, oh, it's something. no, yeah, yeah, it's it's quite emotional. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think my hair stopped growing when I watched this. It's like I am not reaching that point. No, I know. There's exactly. no way. And you know, honestly, about about like '80s music videos, especially ones from like from original motion picture soundtracks. Uh-huh, yeah, I miss. Those videos uh-huh, that have yeah, clips yeah. from the movies. Uh-huh. I used to really enjoy those when they came on. I'd be like, oh, mm-hmm. sweet. More more clips from Karate Kid too." Yep. I you think know? Rocky Four is music videos, actually. Yes, it pretty much is. <laughs> yes. <laughs> anyway, so um, what? You want to talk about Kumiko for a minute? Yeah, let's talk about Kumiko. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Kumiko is played by Tamlin Tamita. Um, mm-hmm. And of the love interests in the series, she is my favorite. I, I 100% agree. Abs- you know, she's like, it's a great performance, first of all. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and she should have been a movie star, but we know how that works. She um, was in stuff, but yeah. she wasn't a star, you know? The Joy yeah. Luck Club is a great movie. I think she was in 
like the day after tomorrow or some what shit. She, yeah, okay. like with Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh, <laughs> speaking okay. of last well, week. Yeah, nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, but her career, she's done a lot of TV and stuff like that. But yeah. it just, um, she, I, I love her story. I, I love. I, I'm not exactly sure how she's related to Yukie. Um, if if like, uh, they're I don't know aunt and niece. Or, uh, yeah. yeah, I have um, no clue. But she's, she lives in, in Tomi Village, and she teaches the young kids like uh, about old traditions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, like She's showing the girls how to do the Albone uh, yeah. dance, mm-hmm. and she wants to be a dancer herself. And when, when her and Daniel start getting together a little bit, Daniel is, again, uh, pissing me off with, with, <laughs> with like his... He, he's, of course, he really likes Kumiko. I mean, he's immediately attracted to her. Yeah. But but Miyagi has to tell him in that one scene, you know, Daniel, don't keep a lady waiting because she's like down in the car. Yeah. Like, come hey, on, well, let's go. Hey, no, I'll, I'll come. To, I'll come to Naha with you to 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 get to find the refrigerator part. Sure, it's no big deal. We weren't gonna do nothing. Daniel, get in that fucking car. Right. She wants to take you out there. Exactly. She's gonna take you to the castle. Then you're gonna go to Naha and you're gonna have a nice right. time. Don't you have to fight for her honor? Come on, man. Jesus Christ! Can't you hear the music p- oh, starting up right now? Oh Daniel? my come God! Come on! Oh, and and I'm gonna get mad at him later again for something else he does but i think that line about not don't keep a lady waiting uh-huh. for miyagi i think it's great because it uh, it like points to miyagi's been keeping yukie waiting for that's 45 true. years that's i like true. that a lot and it's bookended with yukie comes out of of the house mm-hmm. when miyagi's trying to fix the fridge and she gives him like the most satisfied smile uh-huh. I mean, like, like like she is so happy that he's here mm-hmm. and then she looks over and sees daniel with kumiko and she's smiling even bigger yep she's like it's oh like, young love exactly this is happening mm-hmm. you know maybe this guy's gonna stick around and maybe you know i guess my niece has found a nice guy um and then they go into the city and in one of my favorite cameos of all time you couldn't even call it a cameo at the time you're but right now you can now you can it's the great bd <laughs> wong walks up yes credited as brad wong brad wong with two d's <laughs> <laughs> he walks up and gives them a flyer for the dance. Yes. He's come Kumago, come to the dance tonight and bring your friend. And like it's just, I, I, I didn't I didn't I hadn't seen the movie in a long time. So Ian when Malcolm I watched will it, be there. I mean exactly John I know. will be there. <laughs> it made me think of also the substitute part two. Oh my god, where he I haven't plays seen the bad that guy. No, oh man. He's really jacked in that movie. I'd know? imagine. Yeah. I imagine he's always jacked oh, though. Well, because that's the thing. Like in this movie He you, could have been chosen in this movie. He maybe, could have been maybe, chosen. Maybe he auditioned for him. It's possible. And yeah. then they were like, hey, I like the cut of this guy's jib. I'm going to put him in the movie, but, uh-huh. but he can't play chosen. Right, yeah. You get two um, lines. Exactly. Yeah. But like the weird thing about it is if you look up B.D. Wong today, just like Google his, just Google image B.D. Wong in 2018, mm-hmm. you could also Google B.D. Wong in 1986. You'd have the exact same person. He looks pretty much the same. Same haircut. Same haircut. <laughs> guy like frozen in amber this dude (laughs) you know they gotta get him out and get blood and clone him we need to know what's going on with this guy so that the rest of the world can like you know uh you know profit from it because holy shit Uh uh-huh and then uh, after he gives them the flyer and we all pick our jaws off the floor (laughs) uh daniel goes into this like bar where they're trying to karate chop ice blocks in half right and kumiko's warning him don't go in there it's a bad place Uh and they go in and uh these like U.S. soldiers are on leave or whatever, and they're yes. trying. You know, they're in their tank tops, like trying to karate chop this stuff. Uh-huh. And uh, Daniel says something like, "It's not that hard." Or he's standing wrong, you know. Yeah. And then the guy's like, "Well, why don't you try?" Exactly. Yes. Like, in his face. Uh huh. <laughs> like he's gonna beat up Daniel. Yeah. Like in this sixteen-year-old's face. He <laughs> was on. in a bar. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> Uh, and, and he's like, no, no, no. Okay. And then everyone's placing bets and like chosen places bets to like antagonize Daniel a little. Uh-huh. And then. Uh, Miyagi comes in and wants to know what's going on. Daniel's like, oh, thanks for coming to save me. And Miyagi places a $600 bet on Daniel. With three to one odds. Three to one odds to break through six sheets of ice. And Chosen is like, I can't cover that. And Sato walks in and says, I can cover it. And then we got our bet. This, it's so kind of dumb. This is a dumb scene that really doesn't need to be here. The but, six blocks of yeah. ice. It, it's like... It's like a safe from the fifties. Like, like that, yes, that, that's yes. the level of, of like <laughs> toughness and hardness that, that, that is, that he's supposed to like cut through with the side of his hand. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it's an impossible feat. <laughs> These Marines can get through two blocks yeah. at most. Yeah. And it's got nothing to do with how they're standing. It's got nothing to do with how they're not meditating beforehand. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, 
Ralph Macchio, the person, does not have the physical capability. These ice of, sheets are thicker than his arm. I know. I mean, I know. <laughs> you can't. It's 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 ridiculous. So, so I guess the the new wax on wax off was like a focus thing at the beginning, uh-huh. hammering a nail. Yes. They don't make a big deal out of it in right. this movie, which I kind of like. And he shows him how to breathe and focus and remain calm. And he, they do that before he chops the ice, which helps him focus. And yeah. then he's able to. You'll get his power into his wrist, I guess, and he breaks the ice. Which, I mean, Mr. Miyagi has built up a whole movie of credibility, mm-hmm. you know, where, right. where, where you know that all of these things he's teaching him and, and these tasks that he's training him in can lead to something else. I know that. Mm-hmm. But in this one in particular, I'm, I'm just, maybe it's because of the circumstances. I mean, like when, when Daniel and Kumiko first walk into the bar, uh, that dude Taro, he's like uh, the That's his chosen's name? number Taro? two. Yeah, oh, okay. Yeah, the guy with the with the baseball oh, cap yeah, and yeah. the Chuck Taylors. Yep. He, he's standing in the back and he sees Daniel. Daniel and Kumiko walk in and then he like walks out of the place to go over to the dojo where Chosen yeah, yeah, is training he's, people. He's the Tommy. He Except runs he back. Is. Oh, look, look. Exactly. Daniel's in the restaurant. Let's he's, go. He's even yeah. got Tommy's laugh. <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> yeah. that, that thing? He's bl- he's breaking those plants and he's like, hey. I know, like, I know. Come on, dude. Exactly. He's, he's a classic number two guy. Yeah. Um, And... and <laughs> He reminds me of 3D also. Yes, he from is. Back to the he is like he's very much like 3D because um, he's a little shorter too. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> again, number two, right. man. So so Daniel wins. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah, and, and they they get the money. Miyagi and, gets the money back for Daniel's college tuition because yeah. Daniel spent all his money to get a ticket to go to Okinawa. Right. He's like, you know. Miyagi tries to stop him, saying, "Yo, college is important." He's like, "Yeah, but you're more important than college." So. Yes. Now he's got his money back. Right. Great. Yay. Right. Everybody wins. Now let's go get Chinese food. Yes. Um, and then they go to the 50s dance a little later, right? They dance. go to the dance. They start falling in love. Uh-huh. They're jump jiving and wailing. And, right. Uh, having a good time doing some awesome dance moves. Then you know what? Man? It's the end Bo- of Swingers, Exactly. Man. Yes. I mean, yeah. Ralph Macchio, he's dancing like Danny Torrio in this mm-hmm. scene. It's really yep. impressive shit. Uh, and he says he, he was his mom's partner for a long time. Right. So. There's the explanation. Right. So, uh, and a nice scene between the two of they're them. They're sitting there and they start talking about, he asks her, you know, are you arranged mm-hmm. to be married or whatever? And she says, no, that's an old custom. And he's like, oh, good. Okay. Yeah. Right. Good. And then she asks him and he says he's a free agent. And she goes, what's that? You know? And he's like, <laughs> um, it's just a bad joke that I make constantly. You know what? When, when you, as an American person, encounter someone who for whom English is a second language, mm-hmm. Once you realize that that person doesn't understand American idioms, mm-hmm. you should stop saying them. <laughs> yes, because you might say something wrong. Exactly. Yeah. And you're going to have to constantly explain. How about using the kings in it just while, while, while she's still learning? Mm-hmm. That would be a nice thing for you to do, there Daniel. You there you go. You shit. No, he's not going to do that. Uh, <laughs> God damn it. And I think he even comes up to her and he's like, what you doing? You yeah, know, it's exactly. Like, what? Yeah. What? What are like, you saying? What kind of slang are you? Right. She's not going to understand this, dude. Uh, right. Yeah. She doesn't follow American sports. <laughs> anyway, uh, so Chosen and the gang come and they beat up Daniel, get his money back. And then Daniel punches him in the nuts, Yeah, gets the money, and they, they escape. And Kumiko has a great moment where she she stomps on 3D's foot while he's yeah, like, got her in, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad she gets that in. Right. Uh, and then uh, this is when they go back home and then... Sato and Chosen all show up yeah. at Miyagi's place, you know, looking for Miyagi again. Mm-hmm. He's not there. Daniel comes out to try to stop him, and they end up, you know, holding him down. Miyagi's not there, and they start destroying the place. They start to Chosen gets a spear and starts destroying their family dojo. Right. That's been sitting in this same location for over four hundred years. Yes. And they have original portraits of ancestors all over the walls. Yes. And he's destroying all this stuff. And it's apparently the place where karate was invented. I, According yeah, where to what karate says. was brought to Okinawa. Yeah. Yeah. Because he tells the story of his ancestor who got drunk and wound up in China. Right. And came back like, like 10 <laughs> exactly. years later. Yes. <laughs> Pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> man, Miyagi's family's awesome, dude. <laughs> They're fishing, they're drinking, they're they, doing karate. They've accomplished so much. I mean, yeah. wow. <laughs> that, that's awesome. So Daniel starts to defend everything, and he gets in a fight with Chosen, and it's about to spear fight him. Yeah. And then Miyagi shows up and saves the day, uh, and he defeats you know the Cobra Kai here. He does. So. And it, it's another one of my favorite moments in the movie is when Taro, the guy we've been calling 3D, <laughs> like, like Miyagi dispatches him and the other dude. Uh-huh. And... 
he's fighting Chosen, and Chosen is kind of on the ropes, and Taro is down, pretty much knocked out, and just when he's about to, like, almost get up, Miyagi picks him up and just, like, gives him a closed fist uh-huh. across the jaw. It's like, it's <laughs> there's no karate involved. Yeah. He just hits him, uh-huh. <laughs> and he goes mm-hmm. down again. It's awesome. It's a Chuck Norris punch. It is. It is I mean, it's like, This oh. is Chuck Norris karate. <laughs> you know, you mix in that... Uh, all all American brawn of every course, now and then. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> and and in and a thing that like always kind of gets me in in all these movies is after Miyagi dis- dispatches like you know three guys or or more, um, you would think that those guys would be like at least if it was me I'd say oh my god this dude totally housed me and my friends mm-hmm. I'm never going to like look askance at him ever again mm-hmm. but instead they taunt him. After they've been beaten up. Coward. You're a coward. Yeah. I'm on my back. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't get any offense in, and you're a fucking coward, Miyagi doesn't stab Chosen in the throat. That's why. He calls him a coward. Again. Again. (laughs) Why do you expect murder out of this man? Come on. I know. Oh, dude. (laughs) So, So they leave, I guess, and we get... One of my favorite scenes in the movie is... The tea ceremony. Okay. With Kamiko uh-huh. and Daniel. Yeah. I really like it a lot. I do too. Okay. So he shows up, he he cracks a joke, uh, and she looks at him like, uh, dude, dude. And then he kind of realizes real quick, oh, fuck. <laughs> I'm going to keep my mouth shut for once in my life. This is the last time I'll bring it up on the show. Okay. Okay. Do it. Do it. Okay. <laughs> I have never been madder at Daniel than I am in this moment because... I mean, I, I swear to God, when he walked into the place and Kumiko was waiting and he makes that stupid joke. She's in this like ceremonial kimono yes. and all this stuff. She is about to share something beautiful with you, you little shithead. He already knows the importance of the tea ceremony because they saw yeah. Yuki A. Miyagi doing it. Exactly. And she said this means they're falling in love again. Yes. He was told... Yeah. In detail, what this means. In plain English. Yes. No idioms here. Exactly. There, there, there <laughs> could be on, no dude. misunderstanding. First thing he does, he walks in, he goes, is this seat taken? <laughs> you know, you fucking idiot. You are not. Oh, oh God. I, I hate him so much sometimes. I mean, I, and, and to see the disappointment in her face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, she just looks down and he... And all he can do is kind of like go, ooh, like he's actually like tugging at his collar a little bit yeah. like he's in the cat skills. I mean, <laughs> and he he apologizes and she she gets she's like, okay, she kind of she's speechless the whole time. She just right. kind of like nods very slightly. Yes. And proceeds. Right. With the ceremony. I love how they do this ceremony, how it's shot. Yeah. How they edit it. Mm-hmm. And Kumiko, the performance here is wonderful. I know. Like the they really capture the seriousness of it mm-hmm. uh with the little close-ups of the tiniest movement she's doing like like when she ladles the water the hot water into the cup she like sets the ladle back down on the edge of the bowl and kind of raises it up with like the the crease between her finger and thumb and then lowers it down carefully like these little attention to detail moments yeah. really they really show it how it should be and how important it is it's so nice i know I, and it's you know you don't got some guy trying to beat someone up going hey <laughs> it's this really sweet moment and Daniel isn't ruining it anymore right, uh, he, right. he's not ruining the moment anymore and it shows how important it is I've said that three times now I think so no, I, I but but it has to be said it's because, a great decision from the director yeah to to have this respite from all the other stuff and even if it is cut short by you know what happens next mm-hmm. like. To take the time, and I, and I know what you mean right, about it, that. It is, it's a long sequence. It is. It, it might, I don't know how long it is, but it's a few minutes long. Yeah. It's not like a quick thing. And that little touch of, of Kumiko putting the ladle down and having it in between mm-hmm. the forefinger and the thumb. Yeah. I mean, you know, like she just does it expertly for one thing. Yep. Um, and, and then she, you know, gets the tea ready, gives it to Daniel, and he properly turns it like three times. Right. He does it properly. Yes. Mm-hmm. And takes the drink. And then he sets it back down, turns it, and then in just like another great music cue, mm-hmm. the music changes when Kumiko takes the the, the pin out of her hair mm-hmm. and it just falls down. And then they put it on Ralph Macchio. Yes. And, and his whole expression changes like he grows up yep. in that moment. His, mm-hmm. He was smiling and enjoying himself. And now all of a sudden his face is not deadly serious, but it's like, oh my God, 
Yeah. Know, what's what's coming next? And he, the way his face is expressing it, it's kind of, he's almost shocked. Yeah. Like, at what he's feeling. Yeah. Like, wow, this is a new emotion I've never felt before. Absolutely. Maybe this really is love. Yes. You know? Yes. Wow. We're, we're, we're not at golf and stuff right now. Right, yeah. Like, like this woman we're is... We're not feeling the night. Exactly. Here. That's right. <laughs> exactly. This is serious, <laughs> and I need to take it serious, and I'm going to, uh, you know, take my time, and mm-hmm. wow. Yeah. What, what a beautiful scene. Yeah. I, I would say it rivals the scene in the first movie when he, Miyagi's drunk and passes out. Yes. And he agreed. sees the history of that man and how he's insignificant compared to the world now. That's right. He realizes it's not about him. This is the same kind of step that Daniel takes in growing up. Yeah, because he probably realizes too, just, just like in that Miyagi scene, of like how much work she put into this. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. um, she probably made that that traditional garment she's wearing. Um, yeah. And she set up the whole room and, and there's like candles and stuff like that. Um, and yeah, he's he's overwhelmed and that's probably why his expression is the way it is. Yeah, it's... It might be my favorite thing in the movie. I, I, I really it, love it. It's it's my second favorite thing. Okay. What's your favorite thing? Well, you know what? Actually, 1 and 1A. One it's something, oh, okay, okay. It's something we skipped over originally. Okay, what did we skip over? It's is after Miyagi's father dies. Mm-hmm. And Miyagi is sitting by the sea. And, yes, yes. And Daniel comes up, and he, for once, doesn't make any jokes. And he starts, he makes a great speech about, you mm-hmm. know, how what, right before his dad died... He he felt terrible and, um, but he he wasn't a good enough son. Yeah, he said I, I should have listened more. And he did everything for me, and I didn't do anything for him. And he said, and then I, but I realized I I did the best thing for him. I held his hand and I said goodbye. And like Pat Morita, <laughs> those tears. Oh my God, his eyes are welling up throughout the whole thing, and it's mm-hmm. a single unbroken shot. Yep. And then they just start pouring out. It's like, it reminds me of Denzel Washington in that scene in Malcolm X where he meets Elijah Muhammad. Uh-huh, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. just that real crying. Mm-hmm. Like, like where he, and, and it gets me every time. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, yeah. I'm just bawling my eyes out watching Pat Morita. And then Daniel puts his arm around him, you yep. know, like just in the exact right moment. And, and then the, we get that long shot yes. from behind them with yes. the sunset in the foreground. And Right. Wow. These two scenes, yeah. I mean, like they're, yeah. they're, the best things in in any of these movies. They're good. Yeah, I'm glad you brought us back to that because mm. I wanted to talk about that scene too. Right. Uh, and you said everything I wanted to say. Okay. So cool. It's wonderful. Right. Now, after the tea ceremony, they 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 kind of kiss. After they are done, they lean over the table and kiss right. each other, and then the storm hits. Right. There's been a storm coming in to the village. Well, I guess all of Okinawa. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a full a big exactly, typhoon. It's a typhoon coming. Right. So here. Uh, Sato is preparing to fight Miyagi because he's threatened to destroy the whole village if Miyagi leaves. Right. Uh, he's already brought a bulldozer in and started destroying crops. And Miyagi says, all right, this is it. Yeah. But you have to give the deed back to the people and never harm the village again. And uh, Mi- they agree to the terms. Mm-hmm. He says it's a small price to pay for your honor. That's right. You know, so he agrees. Uh, and Daniel's trying to stop him because he knows it's a fight to the death. Right. And Miyagi says, you know what? We already won. The village is safe. That's right. That's all that matters. Uh, what a noble dude this guy yeah, is, man. <laughs> exactly. So uh, they're all they're preparing for this fight, and then the storm hits, so the fight doesn't go down. Right. Uh, the storm hits. Everyone's trying to take shelter in this old World War II bunker, mm-hmm. and there's a couple people out in the storm still, so Daniel and Miyagi go to save them, like help them. Uh, and I think Kumiko comes out with them. Yeah. And helps them. UKA too. Yeah, UKA goes too. They all go out there to help these little kids and this grandma and all this. And they help. And then the, the building Sato was in, like praying in, collapses. And I guess Chosen was with them too. Yes. Uh, Chosen comes out. He's like got cuts on his head. And he's like, oh, he's dead. He's dead. Right. So he runs back to the shelter. And then Miyagi and Daniel run over to the building. And Sato's still alive. And they help him. Uh, and they get back into the shelter. And there's a girl... Up on the bell ringing tower. Yep. Daniel goes to save her as Miyagi helps Sato back into the shelter. And Sato tells Chosen to go help Daniel, help that girl. Right. And he says, I cannot help him. And he cowers in the back, like ashamed of himself. Fully, fully cowering, yeah. He's like, I can't help him. And he's like looking at the floor, like, I can't, I can't do this and I can't look at you because I'm ashamed. Yes. Uh, because I'm too much of a coward myself, even though that's not what he says. Right. But he knows he's a coward. But he will not admit it. He says he can't help him because he 
he dis- he disgraced him. Right. You know, Chosen was disgraced by Daniel. He can't help him. And and it's also this whole thing of like, I mean, I don't know why he doesn't read the room. And, yeah. And see that like, cause cause the one dude, there's that one like short dude who's standing next to him with the with the the mustache. That guy, he's like looking up at him, kind of. He's he's in frame the whole time. Yeah. And he's just looking up at Chosen, like, what the hell's your problem? Yeah. And like everybody in the everyone room, gives him space. Yeah. Like he's alone. And they all want him to go out there, yeah. but in his mind, he thinks that they all want him to fight Daniel to the death, and and him not helping Daniel is a good thing. Right. And in this scene, Sato is helping too. Like he and Miyagi are helping all these other people together. Yeah. You know, they're kind of on the same side. Of course. Now. And uh, Daniel ultimately gets the girl down the tower, and they save her and stuff. And chosen. Uh, I think when Daniel gets back in, Sato looks at Chosen and says, now you are dead to me. Because Chosen, yeah. like like when when they came off the bell tower, like Daniel like fell into like a mud pit and he was he was struggling to get out and the uh-huh. girl went down too. Yeah. So like Miyagi goes out there to, to help him and Sato says, hey, wait, let me go help him. Yeah. So Sato, he goes out yeah. there. Mm-hmm. And when he comes back in with the girl in hand, he tells Chosen, yeah, that's it. Yeah. You know. And then Chosen runs out of the building. He yep. stops, looks at Daniel and runs out. Right. Yeah. Uh, nowhere to be seen till the end of the movie. That's right. Uh, and now the next morning they're cleaning up the storm. Sato comes in with uh, a big cleaning crew. Mm-hmm. You know, he's got his hard hat on and he's like, you know what? <laughs> Here's the deed. I'm helping you out now. And our, my honor is not disgraced anymore. Like you were right all these years. You know, I've, I've been wrong. It's a, it's a really great moment. And I love how the movie decided to do this with the character's relationship mm-hmm. instead of ending in a big fight. Yeah, of course. It's just this kind of, it's a climactic moment of this storm and saving people, but it's not this death fight we've been expecting. Yeah. Uh, it's like, okay, Sato actually had his heart changed and realized he's been kind of an idiot. Right. And why has he been so mad the whole time? For nothing. And, and what kind of destruction has he left in his path? Yes. And now he's going to try to atone for it and and help this village rebuild and give the land back to the people. And I just love how the movie takes that direction. I do, too, because, like, this tale has been told. I mean, it was first told, I guess, by Charles Dickens, you know, with, with yeah. that whole thing. And and But the reason it can be repeated and it can be in other stories is because it is heartwarming and it is what you wish the world would be like. Mm-hmm. You know, for, for someone with resources, like Sato owns the whole island, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, the only one who can save it is him. Mm-hmm. So for him to come in there with his bulldozers and... Uh, you know, and all of his equipment and everything he can do, he can remake that place overnight, you know, and, Mm -hmm. and now everyone's life is going to be better. And then the best touch is when Daniel asks, you know, like says to Kumiko, Hey, should I ask him now? Mm -hmm, Yeah. Um, And what, what they want is for the Obon dance to be in this kind of uh, ruined castle that's out on the shore Mm -hmm. where they used to have it, you know, years ago. And, uh, and he agrees and he says, it'll be held there tonight. And every year forward, that's where the, it belongs. That's right. Yep. And he's wearing the coolest construction shirt oh, I've yeah, ever dude. seen. Yes. Yes. Wow. Is that I want that shirt? <laughs> it's like his family crest on the back with yeah. the two fish in a circle. Uh huh. And then on the front of it, it's like got his name tag, but it's like in in Japanese writing, like in kanji. Uh-huh. Man, that's a rad <laughs> shirt. Yes, dude. I want that. <laughs> I bet you can find that somewhere. Someone made it. Yeah. Someone has. I wonder if there's Sato cosplay going on. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> I mean, there's Cobra Kai, there's oh, Daniel, there's Miyagi. Yeah, exactly. Where's the Sato cosplay? I, I, I am positive it's out there <laughs> for a price. Oh, man. <laughs> so we get to the end of the movie, which starts wonderfully. Yeah. Uh, everyone's dancing in this old castle. There's a moat with like a uh, like a big giant square area, like courtyard or something it's in the gorgeous, middle. It's gorgeous, man. Then this is... This is where you want the dance to be, you know? And with the moonlight coming in. Yeah. Oh, man, it's the best. And there's all these, you know, lanterns around uh-huh. floating on the the water. And, God, it's it's beautiful. The sake is flowing because oh, that God, one dude walks up, yeah. you know? He hands, he, <laughs> he hands Sato this big jug of uh-huh. sake. And it's just like, <laughs> and he drinks from it. And it's like symbolizing, like, he is now unified. He's unified with the people sure, again. Exactly. You know, and we're all here happy celebrating. He takes a big swig of oh, the yeah, stuff. Oh, yeah, he's getting drunk. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah. and then comes the big moment where uh, Kumiko has to do her dance. Right. You know, uh, 
She's doing a, like a fan, fan dance. dance yeah. out in the middle, and everyone's watching. And it's a beautiful dance. Yeah. And the again, the attention to detail here is the same as it is with the tea ceremony. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, that's a big part of Tamlin Tamita's performance. Like, right. She just, like, folds these napkins properly and yeah. just <laughs> holds her, her robe properly. while uh-huh. she, It just looks like she knows exactly what she's doing. She's awesome. And... Uh, while she's doing this, Daniel's giving her these eyes like, oh, my God, I'm in love with this woman. Yes. And, and then in the background, you see Scorpion comes down <laughs> from the rafters. Oh, my God. He's, he's got his belt and he's I he's know. coming down. He's ziplining he's, down. Oh, he wow. He ziplines down these lanterns and comes down and grabs Kumiko and gets the switchblade out and is like, you need to fight me, Daniel. Right. And so... He walks out there, and he has to throw the bridge down so they're out there in the middle. No one can come save them. Even, like, a bunch of people can jump over it. But, you know. sure, right. Uh, now that it's a fight to the death. Yeah. And Miyagi tells him, you know, this is not a tournament. You know, this is real life. So, yes. So which he, is... Yeah. I don't like that line. Yeah. Because uh, it's, it's more... It's kind of... It's a little obvious. We know this? Exactly. Yes. And if Daniel hasn't learned that by this point, he deserves to die. And, and maybe Miyagi yeah. is is showing that, that kind of concern. Well, my, my pupil is a little dense. I better tell him before we get it goes over there that he's going to die if he loses. Right, yeah, yeah. You know? He might realize it. <laughs> You no, know, first I got to give you love, love advice, and exactly. now I got to give you life advice. Because Come you're on. not you're not too fast up there, so so I, I got to tell you. <laughs> The reason I do, like the yes, fight, the fight is fine. It's yeah. a good fight. I like the fight too. The fight's good. It's it's actually pretty tense, and you know it's Karate Kid, so you know Daniel's gonna win. Of course, yeah. Uh, but it's actually threatening. You know, chosen. Like I said, the stakes are higher. You know, he's willing to kill, and he looks. And he like, look. Yeah, go ahead. He looks crazed, and he, yes. and he looks, and he's in. He's. I mean, Yuji Okamoto was in fantastic shape. Uh-huh. He looks menacing as hell. He looks like someone who could kill you. And yeah. and there's no music either. Yeah, that's right, fight. that's right. And it's a real threat. Yeah. It feels real. The fight is good. The choreography, it's not like like crazy no. kicks and stuff. It's like a real kind of fight that right. people with karate would do. Right. It's not, you know, Street Fighter 2 stuff, you no. know? No. Um, so the fight's good. Daniel ultimately wins. Uh, he he do, does the drum technique. Yeah. Which kind of comes out of nowhere. They talk about it a little, but they don't show it. They don't really set it, it up too much. Well. No. Um, I still don't know what it which, is. Which kind of I, I I don't really like that part. How right. he wins with the drum technique, I don't know. It's fine, but they didn't set it up like you said. Yeah. And uh, what do you, do you you gave me a look? What I, you, I I was gonna ask. Like, do you know what the drum technique involves? What what is he actually? Doing? I don't know. He's supposed to dodge and then retaliate and then dodge and retaliate or something. I think that's what what and, he said earlier in the movie. And I I I was thinking that, that that's all I can find on it yeah. is what you just said. Which doesn't sound to me like any kind of technique at all. I mean, yeah. isn't that what just fighting is? Yeah, but and and they don't really show you no. what happens either. It's the weird these weird angles where you just kind of see him hitting chosen in the face, kinda. And and it's like it's and weird. You, you can't even see his hands. Yeah, like like you just see chosen like like like. like being slapped like he's in the foreground yeah. and his his face goes one way and then it goes another and Daniel is moving the other way and it's like is he just raining hammer blows like to the sides of this guy's face and it's so fast we can't even like his fans are a blur yeah, I don't know I don't know but either way it kind of sucks I know it's always sucked. it's like they they were filming on set that day and we're like this looks stupid as shit and it makes no sense. So let's get these weird angles where you can't tell what's happening. Right. And then maybe yeah. we'll, we'll give everyone in the audience the little drum. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, and, and they're inspiring Dan. Like, the, the yeah, reason he right. does it is because, like, all Miyagi gets out his drum first. Mm-hmm. And then Sato gets out his. And then everyone gets out theirs. And the, all you hear is, like, the like yeah. 100 drums. Anyway, my problems with it. I feel like they ended a Miyagi movie with a Daniel ending. Okay. Yeah. They, they didn't. I know. That's the problem with it. Give us... You know, another five minutes of things wrapping up or something. Okay. And they clone the ending of the first movie. Uh-huh. It's just, all right, here's this big climactic fight. It ends, and then freeze frame on Miyagi smiling in approval. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> that is not how you end the story. I know. It's totally inappropriate. Uh-huh. It, it doesn't match the tone of the movie. It doesn't close the story correctly. I don't like it. Do you have another ending in mind? I was thinking about that, and okay. I can't really come up with anything. Okay. Uh, Chosen's defeated. Yeah. Maybe show them 
saying their goodbyes and going back to California. Okay. Maybe just that. All I right. don't know. And and Miyagi saying goodbye to Yuki again. So Yuki doesn't go with him. Or maybe they all go together. We find out in part three, no one goes back. So I don't know. Which is... Which, you know what about part three? Never watch that movie. <laughs> that movie sucks. We will one day analyze oh it, everybody. Oh, my God. But we're not asking you to watch it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, maybe, maybe something as simple as that to wrap up the story we've been following, not this subplot. Uh-huh. That's what they need to do. I, I know what you mean, and I agree with you. Uh... I don't want there to be a Sato Miyagi fight. No, I, I don't think no. we need that. I don't want that. Right. I didn't want to see it. It, it, it would have been too upsetting. Right. You know? This could have been, like I said, I think it's pretty great up until the very end fight and they yeah. end it like that. Right. You don't do that. Their, Sato and Miyagi's relationship has been mended. Yes. That story kind of has ended. Right. Now let's just wrap it up after this fight, you know, end on a Miyagi note. Yeah. Come on. I think that in in 1986, with 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 like with the first Karate Kid having been such a phenomenon, mm-hmm. I think they had enough clout and enough, um, I guess, political capital with the studio mm-hmm. that they could have done anything they wanted. Yeah, probably. You know, like sort of like when when you see, um, you know, Paul Thomas Anderson, he gets to make Magnolia because yeah. Boogie Nights was such a success. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Coen Brothers make. Um, uh, no Country for Old Men. Mm-hmm. So they followed up with A Serious Man. Mm-hmm. You know, something totally different and something that they always wanted to do. Mm-hmm. In this case, they've got, I mean, maybe Karate Kid Part 2 could have been an art film set in Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, and it ends with, maybe there's no fighting. Maybe there's no chosen. Yeah. Maybe the whole thing of like of like Miyagi and Sato exists, but it's mended by this typhoon thing. Right. And maybe Miyagi and Yukie have a happy ending. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like like maybe they 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 rekindle their romance and they get married and that's where the saga ends. Yeah. But I know that at the studio they 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 wanted probably a, a third they wanted movie a, and they wanted a fight and they wanted a fight. They wanted they more wanted of the, the Karate same. Kid to fight. Yes. And I know what is Robert Mark Kamen. Yes. Roger Mark. I don't know. Robert Mark Kamen. Robert Mark Kamen wrote this one as well. Yeah. Uh, he probably had a lot of help from John Alvidson mm-hmm. and probably a few other people might have gave him some ideas. And sure. They probably twisted his arm, end the movie like this. Yeah. I bet. Yeah. Anyway, I, I still like the movie. Of course. I, I, I agree. I totally agree. Um, okay, so that that's it. Yeah. Freeze frame on Miyagi. Again. <laughs> Should have freeze framed on Brad Wong. <laughs> Brad He's like in the Wong. corner with a lantern, like, ah. <laughs> exactly. He's got a dinosaur egg. I, I, you know, he should have been at the bone dance. Exactly. Yeah, and, and if he had a dinosaur egg, that would have been fine with me. Um, <laughs> He's probably been Photoshopped into that shot a I million bet, times. I bet. You know. Um, <laughs> anything else? Uh, one other thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I read the novelization of this movie. Really? Yeah. A long time ago. Okay. Um, How was that? It was, it was about like it's, I, I was I was staying at my grandparents. Were there pictures? There wasn't it. There weren't. Well, there there were stills from the film. Okay, good. Like in the middle of it, All you right, have like, like glossy the, pages. Yeah, like the, the twelve pages in the middle. Yes, yeah. exactly. <laughs> um, but in the novelization, you remember when Daniel uh, like is brings his car to Miyagi's house in the beginning? Uh huh. Yeah. And it's and it's fucking up. Yeah. Um, well, in the movie, you see it's like billowing smoke and stuff like mm-hmm. that. In the book, <laughs> Miyagi. Fixes the the dent with karate. No way. Yes. <laughs> Dude. Oh, that's man. awesome. You know, it's like, I, I kind of want to get that job myself someday. Uh, be the, 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 the person who takes screenplays and makes novelizations. Because I would add that kind of shit all the time. Mm-hmm. I would just, because you kind of have free reign. Oh, man. I put little details like that in, you know. That's nice. Um, <laughs> one more thing I forgot I wanted to talk about. The Karate Kid cartoon series oh, yeah. was developed after this movie. Right. And it was just a series of adventures with Daniel, Miyagi, and Kumiko. Yeah. And Miyagi had magic powers. I remember. <laughs> he fucking front flips onto a castle. I know. Like, that's <laughs> insanity. It's an embarrassment. It is an embarrassment. I mean, it was right around the time I was watching that cartoon <laughs> along with Hulk Hogan's Rock and Wrestling. <laughs> they were part of the early morning Saturday block. Oh, and, yeah, and dude. like, they both sucked so hard. And when you watch them today, I mean, like, you you can't get through a frame of it because you're just so sick. Ugh, you know, it, it, it's so not, there's gross. no nostalgia around it at all. It, it's just like, wow, this is trash. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
you know. Yep. Let's just get some money. Yeah. Use the worst animation, the it, worst yes. writing, the worst voice performances, everything, yeah. and make a buck. <laughs> God, it sucks. <laughs> All right, so we got to end this one. We're going long on this one, too, man. It's, I figured we would. It's not a Magnolia episode, right? but, but uh, yeah, here we go. <laughs> so would you recommend the movie? Yes, I would recommend The Karate Kid Part mm-hmm. 2, and I'll give it three stars. Yep, exactly the same for me. Three mm-hmm. stars. If the, if it ended better, I might bump it to four. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, three stars. I love this movie almost as much as the first one, but the first one, man, it, it has my heart. Okay. It has my heart. That's fine. You know, I will fight for that one's honor over this one. <laughs> I think I actually, you've convinced me I will too. <laughs> Okay, there yeah. you go. <laughs> so uh, that about wraps things up. If you like what you heard, please subscribe in iTunes, rate it, review it, and most of all, share it. It gets more dudes listening to the dudes. And if you don't use iTunes, find us on any other podcatcher or go to dudesallmovies.com and find anything you need right there. And I updated our movie list, Dave. On Excellent. The website. Oh, good, so there you good. Go. Yes. Yeah. So uh, go there. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and we're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Look for Dudes uh-huh. on Movies. And our email address is dudesonmovies at gmail.com. Yeah, I busted the flow on this one. Right. Look at that. <laughs> uh, also, we have a voicemail, 304-804-DUDE. Call in and leave us your answer to the question of the week. Yeah, and the question of the week is, what sequel rivals the original? Ooh. Ooh. Mm. Karate Kid Part 3? <laughs> no. Yes, definitely Part no 3. No way, of course. dude. All right. <laughs> So call into the voicemail 304-804-DUDE and leave us your answer. Or call for any other reason, you know? Leave yeah, us a whatever. message. You know, call us a couple schmucks if you want. Mm-hmm. All right, so uh, stay tuned next week when we do 1997's The Sweet Hereafter, directed by Adam McGoyan and starring Ian Holm and Sarah Polly. So until next week, I'm your dude, Scott. I'm your dude, Dave. And we'll see you next time. 